This is a special bonus episode of the Wet Fly Swing Podcast, where we dig into the winter steel gear you need for success this season. Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Dave from Wet Fly Swing. I've got a little bonus episode for you today. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna walk through the ultimate uh, winter steelhead uh, fly fishing gear list. This is a a blog post that I uh, published recently, and you can find that at wetflyswing.com/slash/wintergear. And what it is is basically we are getting pretty close to heading out on the OP trip. And I had a few of the uh, guests who are coming along had some questions about gear, so I kind of went maybe a little uh, a little overboard on this one, but I broke this thing down from the basics. And you know, for somebody who's brand new to it, never gone out before, I, I put a list together of all the gear you need for a winter steelhead trip. So this doesn't apply necessarily. You know, everything doesn't apply to every winter steelhead trip. If you're fishing you know, nipping stuff like that. Some of it might be different here. I'm talking about basically swinging flies. So if you go there to, uh, the, uh, wetflyswing.com slash winter, uh, gear, you'll see this blog post and right at the top, there's a, uh, grab the PDF. There's just a checklist and it essentially it's just a, a copy of this episode and on a PDF form. So you can take a look at that, but I've got it broken up into basically kind of three main categories. Um, the first one is winter steelhead fly fishing gear. The second one is winter steelhead apparel. Uh, and the third is kind of the extras, little things that you don't necessarily have to have, uh, but they're bonuses. And I also added a kind of category four with a few popular podcasts and some other just kind of the go-to summary items. So let's just jump into this. I want to go through, I'm not, I'm not going to hit everyone. You can take a look at the post. I'm going to hit the main ones uh, as we go through this. And right at the top, I kind of start with the rod because that's obviously an important piece. You know, there's so many great rods out there. I've been, if you've been listening to this for a while, I've been kind of promoting uh, Echo and I've used Echo for a long time. And the rod, especially for this trip, is the, uh, the Echo Full Spay. And this is in the eight uh, eight weight version, 13 foot. So this is kind of your standard. I've got a little video there if on the site with a little unboxing video I put together with me opening it up so you can see what it looks like. Um, but yeah, so this rod is pretty, uh, you know, it's a good value. It's a great rod and it's really good for the larger rivers, uh, tossing heavier lines, you know, being an eight weight, it's kind of at the upper uh, at the upper end. Uh, a seven weight would also work, and the seven weight is probably more in the middle of the road as far as uh, winter steelhead versus summer. So that would be kind of a great rod for your Deschutes River as well as some of the heavier winter steelhead. Um, if you're going just summer, you might want to go with the six weight. But for this trip, which I'm kind of focusing on the OP and some of the bigger rivers, uh, I recommend the eight weight. So you can take a look there at that. There's some other additional um, information. And also at wetflyswing.com slash echo, that'll redirect you to uh, the Gorge Fly Shop, which is one of our partner companies and where you could pick up that rod. And if you buy it there, that'll uh, give the podcast here a commission at no extra charge to you. So it's kind of a I think it's kind of a win-win. Um, so moving down, the next number two, and this is just they're talking about the lines. And I've got a little video of uh, Tim Ray Jeff talking about the Airflow Fist, which is the line I've been using. 
great winter steelhead uh, line, a triple density line. So um, you can kind of see some of the information there at the video. Uh, Tim talks about that. But on this uh, upcoming trip, we're heading out with uh, uh, with Jack uh, Mitchell from the Evening Hatch. And Jack notes that in his summary, you should have uh, you know not only a normal Skagit line, but a triple or dual density is good to have on the, on the trip. So. Uh, sinking lines, you definitely want to have some sinking lines and, uh, Jack again recommends, um, various sink tips in, uh, the range from 3.9 inches per second to 11 inches per second. And this, you know, you could break that out to kind of the, the tips and essentially like T, I guess you can go lower, but you know, Mariush again, who I had on, who was from Echo in a past podcast, or actually, you know what? Mariush was not in a past podcast. He was in, I'm talking in the future, but he's coming up here pretty soon. I think maybe in a month and, but I already interviewed him and we talked about, it and he recommended just kind of the T, you know, T11, T14 standard, like 10 foot is a good lengths, good standards to get. Um, then I keep going down. There's a little video of deck on some Skagit casting tips I put in there. And, uh, I also did note if you're going to do single hand uh, that, you know, you can do single hand. I, um, let's see here. I, I don't have any other details there as opposed uh, on top of just saying that eight weight single hand is what you need. Uh, reels. There's a ton of reels out there that are great. Obviously, the drag is important for steelhead and holding all your lines, so you can match that up. Uh, tip it, keep uh, heading down. Maxima is what I've been using and is kind of a standard. I put in a little video to tying the uh, the open loop knot for tying your fly on. And, um, and also I noted, uh, number seven, a hook file, which I think is very important. Keeping your hook sharp is super important. Sometimes you might get a little touch and if you don't have a sharp hook, it might not, um, kind of go down and bury into the, the mouth. And actually, and I even added a little from the Welch's fly shop, uh, sharpening hooks made easy a little video from, uh, from Mark at the shop there. Mark was on the podcast to see in a past episode. I guess I can look these up. Let me just see. Um, cause I think some of these are fun. Actually, Mark, the episode we did was on the Sandy at number 86. So if you want to listen to that episode, you can go listen to Mark. We talk about, um, I guess we got into some rods and, and gear too, as well. We're, we're kind of covering, you know, this stuff, uh, I guess double, triple time, but, um, and scrolling down again, vest packs, some other uh, basic stuff, polarized glasses. I like using uh, yellow lenses, especially for the winter when it's, when it's dark out, those seem to work better. I talked a little bit about flies, uh, grabflies.com. I'm highlighting here. Jeff, uh, was going to send me some flies for the trip. I also interviewed Jeff, uh, Layton and you can get it kind of press play there on the podcast and listen to that episode. Let's see. He recommends uh, Jeff's number one pattern for winter steelhead is the artificial intelligence. I've got a link there that I think goes out to maybe a video. And uh, let's see what else we got there. I guess I noted aqua flies is, is the link. So if you want to pick up those flies there. But Jeff uh, also uh, sells these flies. And there's a little bit of a snippet. I'm not going to read this, but Jeff summarized. I had a question about fishing the op and jeff gave us a little summary on hooks 
shanks, fly color, and things like that. And continuing down, I linked to a post by Jay Nicholas, who also talked about choosing the right colors. I think that was on the Oregon Fly Fishing blog. Uh, let's take a look here. I'll just click it and see here. Um, yeah, he just talks best winter steelhead fly colors, and he goes into... Oh, the top tier, the middle tier, and the bottom tier. And the top tier, as you guessed it, black, purple, and blue. But you can take a look at that. It's kind of, a, I think, an interesting little short article. Uh, waders, obviously, you got to have waders. Uh, there's a ton of good ones out there. And uh, wading boots and studs. I like wearing studs, so you don't have to. And I guess if you're in a raft, studs might not be the best. Uh, one thing that probably is, if you're not going to do studs, the Rock Treads uh, Forest has a pretty cool product I put a link out to. And then wrapping up the first set is just a, a link to go get your fishing license. And that's for Washington, obviously. We're, we're kind of focusing on, on Washington here. So uh, yeah, just wanted to highlight that really quick. That's the first section we're going to get into. I guess I'll zip through the apparel too really quick, just so we, we kind of cover it maybe about in not too much detail before we get there. I just want to note that we do have, I think, believe next week we're, we have a giveaway coming up and this is not a steelhead trip, but this is to pyramid Lake. And I am working with a couple guys, a couple cool guys, uh, Brian over at got fishing and uh, Dennis at uh, Wild Fish Wild Places, he's got the uh, kind of a TV show that uh, is pretty cool. So we're putting together a giveaway for a trip to come out and go fishing with us. And we've got a bunch of other products and things like that. So, so February is going to be the month we're going to be really be launching that, which is going to be fun. And uh, so let's just jump into this. So the second tier here is the apparel list. And uh, let's just kind of zip down through wool socks, uh, base layers. I kind of talk about my base layer. If you haven't really been out much in the winter, maybe you're from, I know a couple of people on the trip are at least from warmer uh, climates. So if you haven't been to the winter and rain and all that stuff, I think uh, layering is important because some of these trips out here, you might have, it might be 39 degrees and raining. It might be snowing, but then you could pop out and all of a sudden the sun comes out, uh, you know, the next day or later that day. And it's, uh, you know, it could be 50, 60 degrees and, and warm. So I think being able to pop off the layers is good. Um, I note uh, here, uh, Patagonia, obviously I love to support Patagonia and give shout outs there. I have a, a, uh, I still have a pair of pants. I think I talk about it here, a pair of Patagonia pants I've had for 20 or 30 years, fleece pants that are amazing. Um, Let's see again, babe. This is my, I guess I had noted here is my five step layering process. And, uh, you can take a look at that. Uh, not, it's not rocket science there. One thing I do like is a hoodie. And the nice thing about a hoodie is it's just, I think it's a pretty much go-to piece of gear because your neck is the one place that gets super cold and your head. But if you, if it's cold out, you throw on a hoodie kind of a fleece hoodie or whatever underneath your rain jacket hoodie uh, with if a stocking cap if you need it, but maybe just with a ball cap, which is what I wear a lot. I mean, you're pretty much good to go. You throw that on, you got two layers on your head and neck. You're super warm. So definitely recommend a hoodie. Um, depend on the day, fleece vest. Obviously, we're looking fleece or wool is kind of the, the main stuff here. Uh, raincoat or shell. Some of these runs, we're going to be fishing deeper potentially. So having a short rain jacket kind of, uh, 
you know, kind of a wading rain jacket can be helpful. So I recommend that. Uh, stocking cap, definitely wool if you can stay with wool. Got a little link in there as well to the wet fly swing trucker hat. Moving down, wool fingerless gloves. I've got a pair of gloves I think are pretty awesome. These are the Fox River gloves, um, and I pick them up at REI. There's a link in there you can take a look. And these are just really simple. They're not super heavy, but it's almost like when you put these things on, you don't even notice you have gloves on. They're, I think they're the best things out there because you don't want super thick gloves where you can't do stuff, but you want gloves where you can still uh, tie your knots and do all that stuff. I threw in a little uh, scrolling down, uh, continuing a little uh, link to an article on landing fish, just kind of to, to note again, sticking with, we're coming up on this trip to the OP, by the way, if you want to check out that OP trip, um, or sign up for a future trip, I think you can just go to wetflyswing.com slash OP. Let's see where that takes you. So that goes to a, uh, just a landing page where you can enter your email. And, uh, this trip is booked, although actually this trip may not, we may, um, have had a cancellation, I'm not totally sure on that, but so there might be a chance you could slide into the trip this year. Uh, but either way, if you get your name on that list, I'll, I'll kind of follow up with you for the next year's trip. And you know how it goes. It seems like next year is a long ways away, but I don't know about you, but the years fly by and I know that steelhead trip next year is going to come up, come up just as fast uh, as, I mean, just super fast. So continue down. I love to throw in, um, I guess, wrapping this up a down jacket. You know, typically I'm not wearing down out there, but down stuffs up really nicely in your bag. So if you have your little bag or in your vest, you can just throw a little extra jacket. And, you know, if you get cold out there or wet, you could always strip off some of those layers and put on a wool or a down jacket to kind of warm you up. So I kind of love that. And I guess we're moving down into the third column. See how we're doing? Oh, yeah. We zipped through that one really fast. So we're doing well here. I'm going to keep moving down here and just touch on this next section is, is I guess kind of the extra breakdown extra list, but uh, quickly just kind of note some snacks, <clears throat> um, guidebooks or maps. You know, again, if you're on your own, uh, having maps of the river is important. Uh, GPS or app, um, you know, keeping track of where you're at. You could download plenty of apps, topo maps, whatever that show where you're going. Um, the waiting staff is one thing that I've been using a little more, I guess, in those areas that are, are a little more technical and, and you want to hang tight and not let the water push you around as much. I recommend a waiting staff. I have a link. Um, <clears throat> well, I actually, I put a link into another Bachman um, post about waiting staffs. Uh, dry bag. This one is, I think, very important. Just having a bag to keep your stuff dry, like I mentioned, the down jacket. Because it could definitely get nasty out there, and you want to be able to keep your stuff dry. So I know the NRS bag, but actually uh, Sagebrush Dry has been a great partner that we're just connecting with. And I have an episode, let's see, I believe it's coming up in the next couple of weeks with uh, with John from Sagebrush Dry. He has a company actually up in Cake, Alaska, where he produces all of his bags up there. And, you know, obviously kind of a local company for up there, but he he sends them out all over the world. And I think that's a pretty cool company. If you want to support him, check out Sagebrush Dry. Uh, a couple other notes here, uh, maybe a waterproof phone case, although some of the phones now are waterproof, so we're kind of skipping that. 
Uh, I always had always have a headlamp, uh, a pocket knife. Um, you can throw a net in there. So those are a few of the things wrapping up that final category. And then I just highlight a couple of episodes. These are kind of ones that I like. So let's just play the first one. This is from Jack, episode 02. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Podcast, episode number two. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly... So that was the intro. I don't remember, Jack. I wanted to throw something fun. Let's just do random. Fish are moving, and that's a clear glide, let's call yep. it. There you go. Um, that is two to five feet deep and smooth. I love dual density lines, you know, where you have where you have um, um, integrated intermediate in into the into the head itself and then um when you when when i'm fishing pocket water slotty water um when i'm fishing abrupt water i um i will i I tend to like a skagit because i'm and a a shorter generally seven and a half feet ten feet of tip uh and a heavy bug so i can drop it into the slot right yep yep no that's that's a great Great point for sure. So there you go. That was about at the 16 minute mark in on episode 002. If you want to hear Jack talk about more there, more of that, you can go to that episode. Um, next one I have here is Trey Combs. Let's listen a little, a little bit on Trey. This is this is pretty epic for me. Let's see what we got here. Yes. This is I'm skip ahead of publications or what? What? You know. I kind of wanted to get into that and uh, and then you know. It, when you get uh, this far along in your writing, there's an opportunity to do some reflecting too on where the sport has gone and the loss of, of so many runs of steelhead, just tragic. So um, yeah. on the one hand, it's a, it's a history I wanted to write about. And, the, and J- uh, Jack's independent guides, they're independent business people, but there's some sort of protection that they have. But in that run, that, that guy would hook it. Yeah. And I think, uh, um, I think, so there's a little taste of uh, Trey. There's a ton of good stuff. I wish I had. Uh, I wish I would have prepared on that and had the a good snip and stuff. Give me random, but random shot. But let's just keep going. This we got uh, Simon. Uh, this was episode nine. Simon the Great. Simon Gosworth. Uh, probably talking about lines. This. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just somebody that wants to. It loves the spade cast. Maybe there's a bunch of, uh, you know, thick brush behind them and they, but it's a small river. So they don't feel like a, even maybe a switch rod is a little bit too big. So something, you know, where they could still, I mean, a switch rod is pretty similar to a single handed rod, but say you had a 10 foot eight weight and you wanted yeah. a good line to do some spade casting. There's a, there are a couple of options. I mean, there's, there's lines that we design for one handed rods. We have a line called a single handed spay and in touch single handed spay line. And that's exactly what it is. It's designed to spay cast and roll cast with. Um, That's in a floating version or an intermediate tip, which is a pretty damn sweet line for swinging. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that goes up to an eight weight. Um, But, you know, one of the the best things, an awful lot of people don't realize that there are actually two fly line standards in the industry. There's the Aftima standard, which most people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. The eight weight rod you quoted, for example, is part of. So there you go. There's Simon talking about some good stuff on the, the AFTA, the different standards. And we got two more here. This is, and actually one of them here, I'm going to jump into Jeff really quick. And then we're going to jump into the Lion Speed Jedi, which is one of my favorite episodes. This is episode. Rivers are June now because it's been 
so hot, but uh, mm-hmm. and the runs just the shoulder season just starting. But um, you get in July and August, the water's warmed up, and uh, you know you can start skating and just taking the muddler across. Or back in the day, my first fish was caught on a green butt butt skunk. Cool, and that was the fly. But that was the di- before we had things. Uh, you know, I guess we're talking more winter fish here. Um, mm-hmm. and anything you utilize or you teach people that helps them get into their, their first fish or two? Well, you know, with the winter, it's, it's a lot about timing and the weather. So you have to. Okay. And let's just, this is a good one. I know Tim, I started right off from the top, start here with a good intro. So let's, let's listen to it. He let me fly his airplane with my brother in it, and we flew down and landed on a sandbar, and we caught silvers like crazy. But he, I mean, he's a mentor, one yeah. of my best friends, and he, we, I mean, we fished and we flew, and <laughs> we, oh my, how, I, how did it, no, did we miss something here as far as the flight? So you, you were flying a plane, uh, yeah, back. And- then in my Alaska days, so, I did. So how I, did how did you get get to a point where you're flying planes? That was. <laughs> you could hear how uh, definitely I was uh, surprised. That was pretty amazing to hear that story. So you can listen there. Episode I didn't even mention that was episode 27 with uh, Tim Rollins. And I guess I did throw in one more in here. This is uh, OPST with uh, James Millard. He's the, he's a cool dude. Been uh, connecting with um, with OPST. And let's hear what uh, he has to say here. A big uh, a salmon fly on the on off the. River. I've eaten. I've not eaten a salmon fly. I've towards the end of my degree at the um they all, because the water warms up. The water drops mm-hmm. and you know how you talk to Trey Combs and this is where I've kind of gotten this idea. while listening to some of his presentations over the years, mm-hmm. but, um, water temperature is so important for fish and it summer fish and winter fish are two completely different. They're totally different animals, but they're very much driven by water temperature. And so those fish aren't really as active in warm water. They wait for it to cool off in the fall. And that's when we end up getting those five fish days, you mm-hmm. know, they're there the whole time. And so I'm thinking to myself, Maybe Tom, maybe Tom's uh, way of doing things is something that we need to look at, you oh, know, yeah. and catch these fish in the middle of the day. Because, you know, there are gear guides that do go out and fish all yep. through the, you know, July and August. And I usually leave the river alone until, um, you know, it's easier oh, to catch the fish. I don't want to work hard. But you can take a look at those podcasts. Uh, I've got, you can just press play and listen to some good steelhead podcasts there. Um, and I finish up with the uh PDF checklist as well. So that is pretty much it. That's a quick little rundown from the little post that's coming out. I just want to highlight that because we are getting in, getting closer to the winter steelhead trip. I want to make sure that uh, you have all the information uh, you need if you're new uh, either to that trip or just steelhead in general. So I hope this is helpful to those if you're uh, just getting started. And uh, again, you can go to wetflyswing.com slash uh, winter gear that's w-i-n-t-e-r-g-e-a-r and that'll redirect you to this blog post where you can uh, check out some of those links and uh, get some of the information 
So, uh, so that's all I have for now. I'll be checking back with you on the next one and uh, maybe leave a comment or send me an email if uh, this was helpful and if you want to hear more of these little bonus, these little bonus quickies. This isn't your typical hour-long episode or even hour-plus-long episode, uh, a little short snippet, um, and hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.